Hi, I'm Sam Medina. You can catch me on Mile 22, Venom, Elite Battle Angel, and you are listening to Inside Your Head with Nasty Neil. Thank you very much. And I don't want to let you go But I can't take you back I don't want to let you go But I know where your heart is at Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by singer-songwriter Bruce Sudano. It's very cool to have you here. Hey, Neil. Um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, it's very good. And uh, just talking to you briefly before we start here, and you said you're in, you're in Milan right now. I'm in Milan, yes. So, uh... Yep, I'm in Milan... <laughs> what go <laughs> so I was just uh, you. what's going on in Milan well uh, I spend uh, I live here part of the year mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, there's no set order to uh, when I'm here it, it's, I kind of live between here and uh, Los Angeles and uh, my, my life uh these days kind of breaks up into thirds of uh, L.A. where I have kids and grandchildren and uh, Milan where uh, I have uh, a little bit of uh, space to uh, float around and be incognito and write songs and read books. And uh, and then the other third is traveling around uh, doing shows and, and uh, this, that, and the other thing. So... Uh, uh, it, it's a very nice time of my life, I have to say, because uh, it's comfortable. Yeah, definitely. And interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you end up um, also living in Milan? I ended up living in Milan basically because I met a, a, a woman. And, and uh, the woman is Italian. So uh, I started coming over uh, initially for that reason and then you know, fell in love with the city. I'm half a time, but I've never been to Italy. Well, you should do it. It's uh, it's a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. So when you uh, when you're when you perform in Europe and different countries, is it different than performing in the states? I know you're just living there at the moment, but I know you also tour in Europe. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, uh, most of the European touring that I have done has been in uh, the UK and uh, Germany. And uh, it, it, it is a little bit different in that, um, I, I mean, generally, you know, I've had a very long career, but I, I'm not a name that, um, you know, people, you know, recognize. So, so uh, it's uh, as, I, as I do my set and I sing my songs and I tell my story, uh, you know, especially in Europe, because they're completely unaware of me. It's uh, an it's an interesting um, trans transgression that happens over the course of, of my set, because uh, I introduce myself and then, you know, take them on a little bit of a journey throughout my career, and, and uh, you know, and, and and so that's always uh, nice because it, it's. Uh, 
it's always nice to be able to surprise people and, uh, it kind of engages them in a different way than when I'm in the States and, and more people know my background and my history and, uh, like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> um, I mean, that's basically the difference and, and, uh, uh, audiences here are, uh, you know, I, but I, I don't, I think it's the same in America. You know, I mean, people appreciate music there, 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 there is that, you know, group of people that, and I think there's a, a more of a consciousness now um, among the general public of appreciating, especially live music and, and going out to support live music. And, you know, it's certainly for people of my generation, this was part of how we grew up. Uh, you know, it was a big part of our lives and, and uh, it, it's nice to see. So, you know, as, as I play and as I, continue to uh, expand uh you know the awareness uh it's it's nice to see different you know uh generations of people showing up uh at, at the gigs mm-hmm. you need to talk about uh your live performance and uh we live in an era where a lot of people say like the um it'll soon be like the death of, of physical media i guess first talk about that and how important is it as an artist uh, especially if you were starting out today, do you think it is to, uh, to, to tour and do live performances? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, this is how I started. I started as a teenager playing in bands in, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn and playing, you know, play, you know, I played clubs for a long time and, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really foundational to, to what you do because, um, it gives you a, a sense, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you hone your craft, you know, and, and uh, you learn how to um, um, be in the moment and, and to uh, be in front of a crowd. But, but also it, it's, you know, it's practice, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, so I think it's really important. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an essential part of your practice as, as a musician and as, as a songwriter. You know, as a songwriter, there was there was a big part of my career when, you know, when I was married and I, and I was raising my kids where, um, you know, I would tour with my wife and I would sing background. But, it, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's it's a it's a different situation now. And, and um, uh, so I'm just happy to be able to be out there and, and doing it. And I think it's important for you know, for every artist to do, you know, uh, songs, if you just write them and, you know, they, they, you know, sit, you know, on, on uh, a hard drive somewhere, you know, they only really come to life when you perform them in front of people and people can, you know, hear what you have to say and respond to the, to the real emotion of the moment and, and, uh, you know, make that connection. Mm-hmm. Was, was that always easy for you to perform in front of people? Well, it's been an it's been an interesting trans, trans transition for me because although I, I always played in bands and I've been doing it since my teens, I was never uh, the lead vocalist or the front man. You know, I, I would be the guy who you know frequently you know the one who wrote the songs or co-wrote the songs for the bands that I was in. <clears throat> but um, I always surrounded myself with you know, great singers, you know, uh, 
when uh, my first band alive and kicking, uh, there was Pepe Cardona and Sandy Toder. And then in Brooklyn dreams, I had Joe Bean Esposito and Eddie Hoganson. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, certainly my, my wife, you know, Donna was, you know, maybe the greatest singer ever. So, so, uh, I had the luxury of, of not being, not having to put my, uh, self, on that line. And it was, you know, it was always something that, uh, uh, it was a challenge for me. And it, it, you know, I, I'm a big part of living life and walking down the road of your life is to challenge yourself and walk through the fears that for one reason or another you have. And for some reason singing, uh, you know, uh, in, in front of an audience was, was always uh, a challenge for me. So, um, uh, uh, but now it, it's something that, uh, you know, since uh, my wife passed away and I found myself in a situation of, well, okay, Bruce, you know, and it's, you know, you've had this luxury of, uh, of having other people sing for you. Now, you know, now it's time for you to step up and do it for yourself. And, uh, so that's what I, that's what I've been doing. And, and, um, you know, it's not that I never sang, you know, I've, I've sung on records and things like that, but, but, um, you know, it, it was definitely a fear that I had that I had to walk through and, you know, and what you find out with all fears, uh, whatever they are, when you, you know, face that fear and you walk through that door and you get to the other side, you know, uh, it's, it's, you have a great sense of, of accomplishment and, and uh, um, you know, so it, it's really, uh, you know, encouraged me to, mm -hmm. to continue. And, uh, um, you know, and, and, you know, once my wife w was gone, it, it was kind of, uh, you know, you know, I, I mean, the road of my life was on a completely different uh, trajectory. You know, I, I, uh, I was married for over 30 years. Uh, I had kids, my, uh, my kids were now, you know, married and grown and, and, uh, I was starting, you know, I had grandchildren and, you know, and, and, you know, Donna and I were settling into a nice little groove of, you know, we had our beautiful beach house and we had, uh, you know, we had our condo in LA and we had, you know, a beautiful, you know, and, and, and it, it was, you know, and we worked how we wanted, as we wanted to work, but. And then, you know, my life took a, a, a left turn, you know, and I just found myself with, you know, I, I had to make a choice of, you know, you know, what, what is, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to crawl up in, in, in a corner or are you going to, you know, carry on? And, and uh, you know, I, I quickly knew I had to carry on and, uh, you know, I had the you know, I've, I've had the, had the blessing of being able to, to, to write songs. And it's always been my dream and, uh, my passion and it's something I've done my whole life. So it was the thing that in that time of crisis uh, where I was able to go and, uh, uh, you know, because of the, the, the depth of the, uh, uh, <clears throat> emotion, uh, surrounding what I was going on, it, it was a very, a fertile time. And, uh, so I found myself tremendously inspired and, and, 
So this period of the last seven years since Donna's gone has has been uh, an interesting chapter of my life, and uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Now, um, for people listen to music, like pretty much everybody, uh, a lot of uh, the reason why the music is emotional to them, it'll re- make them remember time when they first heard the song or even the song itself. So when you perform songs that you wrote during like an emotional time in your life, are they ever hard to perform? I mean, sometimes they're hard to to perform. Uh, um, You know, it's... uh, it's really a headspace that uh, I kind of choose to be in of where, I mean, you know, the real purpose for when I sing some of these songs that are uh, emotionally, you know, tugging, uh, my, my purpose is not to, you know, shit, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's for the person in the audience that may be going through a similar situation, had experienced a, a similar situation, whatever the song is about, but something that is relatable, you know, to the, that person in the audience and help uh, them heal, help them get through a situation. Um, so it, it's, you know, there, there are other songs that are familiar, you know, if I, if I do a song like Bad Girls and, and, and uh, everybody, you know, can sing along and remember the song and, you know, and I can tell the story of how it was written and, and, and all that. Uh, so there is that kind of familiarity, but there are songs that maybe people hadn't heard before, but what they can relate to is the story of the song and the emotion of the song and, and, uh, uh, where the emotion of that song, uh, affects them, uh, because of what is going on in their own lives. Mm-hmm. When did you when did you know that that was like an ability of yours to like tell a, a story through music? Well, I mean, it started very young. You know, I when when I, when I was a kid, I I, I got taken to the uh, rock and roll shows at, at the Brooklyn Paramount and the Brooklyn Fox, and you know, and I would see these people on stage, and and uh, it it was the inception uh, of of my uh, attraction for, for music. And, uh, and, and as I started buying 45s and, and buying records, you know, I, 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 for some reason was always intrigued by the two names or three names or the one name under the title of the song in parentheses. And that was the songwriter. And, and that was, that was the, uh, the aspect that my soul really, uh, aligned with. And so from a very early age, uh, you know, I, I was inspired by, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, Lieber and Stoller and Carol King and, and, uh, you know, people who, who the, the songwriters behind, uh, the, the songs. And, um, and certainly as things got on into the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, and, and uh, on and on, um, uh, it it just became more and more of my passion and uh uh and as the more i did it the better i got and you know my early mentor uh in songwriting was Tommy James and uh <clears throat> so uh 
you know, my first band alive at kicking, we had, we had a hit record uh, called tighter and tighter. And it was a song that was written by Tommy and Bob King. And, uh, but, but at that time, you know, my band was playing in clubs in Manhattan and that's kind of how I met Tommy. And, uh, I, I would, you know, in, on, on breaks from my, from uh, my gig in Manhattan, I would go to his apartment and, and, uh, try and sit and write with him. And, and, uh, you know, uh, or I would go to the, uh, Allegro recording studios, which was around the corner from where I, my, the club I was playing and, you know, see how a, a record was made. These, this was really the first time that, uh, um, I was exposed to it in a really, uh, professional way. Uh, before that, um, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, it was, I was learning and I, I, I was, you know, if you listen to the songs on the first, uh, Alive and Kitten album, you know, uh, which uh, the majority of Ico wrote with the guys in the band. Um, but, uh, you know, there were things, uh, you know, I, I was writing about things that I had no idea of. There, there were songs called Mississippi Mud, Junction Creek, Kentucky Fire. Uh, you, you know, things I was, I, I was just writing because I wanted to be a songwriter, but I had, I, you know, I didn't really have a sense of, uh, of myself writing from a place of uh, a point of view or a real emotion. It, it, it was more, uh, a puzzle that I was putting together. And, uh, but as, as I continued, to learn and continue to grow and develop my craft, uh, you know, you, you, you get better. And, and uh, um, happy to say that, that all these years later, I, I can, you know, I can see that I, I continue to improve and I continue to be inspri- inspired. And, and, and that alone is, is a revelation for me because it's not something that I have maybe never really even thought about, but it's a very pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Now, when you write uh, music, is it always um, something from that's personal to you, or because I know your your new single with him, uh, from what I read, uh, it was inspired by a story from a friend of yours. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I I can, you know, I I like to to write songs. Well, <clears throat> let me put it this way: I've learned that. Um, uh, my strength in songwriting is is really uh, is pulling from real life, uh, uh, and uh, uh, so I mean there was a period of time uh, in the eighties. <laughs> I, I, I refer to this sometimes, and and it was a time when um, I was really uh, at a point in my career where I was really hungry for success, and, and I, I was kind of like chasing it. And, uh, uh, so I, I would try to, to write in ways that w- were, you know, what I thought were, what was happening now. And it was some of the worst songwriting I ever did because I was trying to do things that I wasn't really good at. It's, mm-hmm. you know, my strength is not really, you know, being clever. So to write a song, for instance, let's like say like kiss on my list. You know, I mean, I love Toll and Oates, and I, and I love that. And, and they had the ability to write those kind of songs. Uh, but, the, the, you know, I, it wasn't really my strength. And, and what I found out was that, you know, when like a song like Bad Girls or a song like Starting Over Again, uh, uh, songs that w- were real life stories, 
were was my way and my strength and my of where you know this was my lane so it, it doesn't always have to be personal to me and and uh um uh you know, so it can be, uh, you know, something that I, I see of somebody else's experience. And, um, as with, in the case of, of with him, it, it was, uh, um, these friends of mine who had a relationship for 17 years and, and, uh, uh, you know, and it fell apart, you know, one, one person thought he fell in love with somebody else and, you know, and, and uh, it was, you know, it was a, a big breakdown. And, and the thing that was interesting about it is that it was a breakdown for a whole, for, you know, because all the, all the people that were around them that were kind of part of their circle, you know, it, it kind of broke up the whole circle because, uh, you know, it, 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 um, it affected everybody in a different way. And, and, and the core of what was kind of fell apart. So um, it's interesting how one couple breaking up can affect, you know, uh, um, a whole bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Now, has he heard the song? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, what do you I, think of I, it? Uh, well, he, um, you know, he cried mm -hmm. and he thanked me. And, uh, uh, and he probably put it, you know, in a place where he's not going to listen to it too much. You know, I don't, I don't oh, yeah. know, you know? Yeah. Um, um, but he was, he was, he was grateful that, uh, someone could, uh, translate the emotion that he experienced. Mm -hmm. Now, when uh, you, uh, when you used to write songs that you didn't perform yourself, so you write songs for uh, for other people, uh, would you have um, would you have that artist in mind when you're writing it, or would you write the song without any artist in mind? Or did it depend? Uh, both ways. I mean, yeah. there, you know, there were instances when when uh, you know I, I was writing for um, uh, the Jacksons or Jermaine Jackson or 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 any other particular artist where if I had the opportunity to sit with them mm -hmm. and uh, either to co-write with them or just to have, you know, a, a conversation about, you know, what they are going through, where they were, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and, and to be able to draw from something like that, um, that you know, I, I would always like to do that. And, and, and sometimes that really helped. Um, other times with a song like Starting Over Again, which, you know, Dolly Parton and uh, Reba McIntyre recorded. Um, this was a song that I wrote about the divorce of my parents. So it was something that was personal to me, um, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, was relatable to them. Uh, and, and, uh, and so they chose to record it. Um, so it, it can work all different, all different ways. Yeah. Does it, um, so let, let's say you wrote that song, which is personal to you, um, Dolly Parton, you know, records it. Does the song then change uh, to fit the, um, maybe not even the lyrics, but just the, the chords and just the song itself. Does it change then when the, uh, the different artist takes it? Generally, no. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I mean, the key may change because they may sing it in a different key. Yeah. But generally, the, the structure and the chord progression, you know, for the most part, stays the same. Um, and and uh, that's been my experience anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, but I, I'm also a believer that, you know, uh, you know, if you if you write uh, a, a good song, um, it can translate into different genres. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, and, and that's where production can get come in, come into play. And it's kind of like how, how you dress it, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, are, are you going to put it in, in a, uh, in blue jeans or are you going to put it in, you know, glitter, you know? So, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and frequently when Donna and I would write songs, we would, you know, very frequently write up tempo songs, but we we would test them, test test the, the uh, test the uh, uh, the strength of the song by slowing it down and doing it as a ballad. And it, it was a really uh, um, it's a really good tool to you know check your melody and and check your lyric quality and and, and because uh, when you slow things down, you know. Uh, um, it, it magnifies uh, the lyric and it magnifies your melody. And and uh, if it's weak when you slow it down, it really will stick out. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes if you're writing an up-tempo song, you can get away with, with stuff a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. do, do you ever think about genre when you're writing the music or is it just whatever feels right? I mean, uh, sometimes. Um, uh you know, you know, now I, I, I kind of, now I kind of search for, you know, things that I want to say, uh, or, or stories that I want to tell. And then I, I kind of say, well, how, how do, is it mid tempo? Is it up tempo? Uh, is it rhythmic? Uh, or is it a ballad? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, um, and that can depend on, uh, you know, the, the message itself. You know, if it's an urgent message and it needs, you know, tempo, uh, um, then you give it some tempo. Um, you know, I think most songwriters' uh, uh, predisposition is to write ballads. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why that is, but, but uh, maybe because, uh, you know, songwriting is can be generally be an introspective uh kind of um experience or, or and uh so that may lend itself to you know a ballad but but um uh, you know more and more as as i write and as i um perform live and continue to make records uh, you know, you have to diversify and, and you have to mm -hmm. diversify your tempo. You have to diversify your keys. You have to diversify uh, your, you know, the things that you sing and talk about, you know, uh, you can't just uh, keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, it gets uh, old quick. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. part of the game. Was it ever hard to, um, so you write a song that is personal to you. Is it ever hard to give that song? I know you don't give it. I mean, you're selling everything, but still you're giving that song away to someone else to perform. 
Uh, has that ever been difficult? Um, I mean, I mean, there were a couple of times where I, I and this is a long time ago, where I would write a song and uh, somebody would w- want to record it, and and uh, you know there would be the, the, the thought of well, maybe I need to keep this song for myself because it's a really good song, you know. Um, uh, but that was when I was much younger, and, and uh, uh, so generally, I'm always flattered. If somebody wants to record a song of mine, it, it, to me, it's it's flattery, and and I'm excited and thrilled to see how they're going to interpret it and make it their own. And and uh, um, you know, there's a song. Uh, um, uh, Friends of mine, there is is a band called Hollis Brown, and mm-hmm. uh, th- there's a song that I, I uh, wrote on their new record, and it's called uh, "Forever in Me." And this particular song, you know, when I when I started writing it, uh, you know, I I had it as kind of like an an Al Green kind of R and B kind of mid tempo grooves kind of song, and uh, they recorded it and, and, uh, they did it more as a, uh, a Prince, Prince-ish kind of ballad and, and, uh, interpreted it completely different than I would have ever imagined. And, and, uh, and it's really cool and I love it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not any way that I would have imagined it being uh, done. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had uh, Hollis Brown on the show and uh, saw him live when they were here in Boston. And uh, yeah, they're they're great. So oh, how did you uh, yeah. how did you uh, connect with them? Uh, I connected with them because uh, we had the same manager, mm-hmm. and and uh, um, so probably uh, maybe five or six years ago, um, uh, my manager Cindy De Silva kept saying to me, you know, there, there's you know, there's these guys that I'm working with. I really think you're going to get along great with them. I'd really like you to meet them. You know, maybe you could, you know, write together or whatever. And so, uh, you know, I said, sure. And over the course of time, finally, there was a meeting. I was, I was, uh, in New York for a few weeks. Um, um, this was a number of years ago. It was the early stages of, of me beginning to work on the, uh, the Donna summer musical. And, and, uh, so I was in New York for an extended period of time, uh, taking meetings and whatever. And, uh, so, um, Mike Montali, uh, the lead singer of Hollis Brown, you know, came uh, to where I was staying and, and, uh, we hung out for a couple of days and, and, uh, got to know each other and, you know, tried to write some things and, uh, nothing really came of, came of it, but we, you know, formed a friendship and, and then subsequently they were going, going on a European tour and, uh, asked me to go out on the tour with them. And, uh, I think this was back in 2015 and, uh, we did a whole European tour together and, uh, it even, uh, solidified my, uh, friendship with the guys in the band. And then, then I've done shows when they haven't been working where, you know, uh, Andrew, the drummer, and uh, John, the guitar player, will come and play with me, and 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 uh, and, uh, and Adam, the keyboard player, as well. Um, 
and even when we were on tour, uh, if uh, I was opening the show for them, they, they they would play behind me before they would do their own. So so we had a you know we've really been close and, and uh, have a really good relationship, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy with you know they're finally getting some respect and uh, for the new record. Yeah, this is really good stuff. So the new yeah. singles with him, and uh, so that's going to be part of uh, the new EP. That'll be part of the new EP. And the other thing that, that uh, as it relates to uh, what I just was talking about, is that mm-hmm. Mike Montali, this lead singer of Hollis Brown, produced with him, with me. Oh wow, very cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, yes, it will be one of the songs on on the new EP, uh, which. Uh, uh, will be out uh, first quarter of next year. I'm really excited about it. It's called uh, Stories of Our Lives, Volume 1. And, and uh, uh, it's shaping up really well, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. When you put together like a, an album or an EP, um, do you write the song specifically for that album so they like connect in some way? Maybe even not story-wise, but you know they flow together? Yeah, well, that's typically what happens because I I I get into a groove and, uh, of of writing, and uh, so I'm I'm kind of like in a similar headspace uh, on, on certain issues and certain topics, and you know sometimes I'll write two songs that that are uh, about the same thing, you know, and I'll have to like say, okay, well we don't you know we don't need this because I already saying that here. Um, but, um, you know, I, I kind of get into, uh, a headspace of, of topics and, and, uh, uh, I can expound on them from, uh, different points of view frequently. Yeah. And, uh, so, so, but now, you know, I, uh, I have basically have volume one done and, uh, and volume two is, uh, there'll be a second EP that will come out uh, a couple of months after volume one and, and that's almost completed as well. Mm. So uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. When you talk about Hollis Brown there and, uh, and one of the members uh, produced this now, obviously I would think they would learn stuff from you from, from your experience stuff. Do you, do you learn something when you're working with, uh, with younger um, uh, musicians? Yes, and, and that's exactly why uh, you know uh, you know one one of the main reasons that I, I worked with, with Mike um, was you know you know because what I recognize is that um, you know when when you do things for so long you develop you know your way of doing it you have your habits you have your go to you know this you go to that you you know you want to pan the drum this way you know you want to put a horn you know <clears throat> so uh you know i wanted a, a, an outside uh perspective uh over what i was doing and uh so it was for that reason so that to break me of you know um, the habits that i've developed and, and get somebody else's point of view but also, I, I kind of have a sense that um, what is cool, let me put it that way, in, yeah, in yeah. quotes, <laughs> you know, can be a moving target. 
You know, like what's cool yesterday may not be cool today, but it could be cool again in, you know, six months. You know, I mean, I'm shortening the time frame. It could be over, over the course of years. But, you know, so what I realized is that, you know, I wanted to um, simplify my sound. I wanted it to be uh, uh, more urgent. I wanted it to be simpler. Um, and uh, uh, so um, I would have conversations with Mike about it, and, and he kind of knew exactly what I was saying. And, and uh, um, so uh, I, I enlisted him to, uh, <clears throat> to do with him, and he also did my whole last record, 21st Century World. <clears throat> Now, conversely, on this next EP, there will be six songs. <clears throat> it's it's only with him that Mike is producing, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Um, the other songs on the record, uh, I'm working with again a, um, a more experienced producer, an older producer whose name is Steve Adabo, and Steve is somebody who produced uh, Suzanne Vega and Sean Colvin. And, uh, there again, uh, this is, uh, uh, an opportunity for me to get another set of, uh, uh, another set of years and another point of view on how, uh, my songs are produced. And, and, um, so, uh, it's always a learning experience for me as well, because everybody that you work with, you know, has a different way of doing things and has a, a, a little bit of a, a new way of viewing it, or, or and uh, it's interesting. Um, my my earlier records uh, before, uh, um, like the Burbank Sessions is with Angels on a Carousel, the, the two records before the last one, uh, I, I produced with Randy Mitchell, who has been my guitarist for a, a long time, and I work really well with Randy, and, and uh, you know. Uh, I'm working with him again on you know, uh, the volume two of stories of my life. Um, mm-hmm. So we've already got, you know, a few songs that I've worked with him again. So, so it, it's, it, it's fun to work with different people. Everybody brings a little bit different of a, of a slant, but uh, the common denominator is me and my song. And, and, and uh, it kind of holds, you know, it's kind of the glue that keeps it all, you know, uh, in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few minutes ago, when you mentioned uh, the Donna Summer musical, uh, so yeah. were you ha- were you hands on in uh, in creating that? I was hands on in creating that as much as I could be, mm-hmm. uh, and and I, I say that because uh, um, it's uh, a, a world of its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a world that has its own ground rules. Uh, and, uh, I was new to that game. Uh, and, uh, so it's a very collaborative effort. And, um, uh, so, uh, it, it was a great experience. Uh, but there were parts of it that were difficult because, uh, uh, um, I had to, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get my way <laughs> on everything. You know what I mean? So, so, uh, you know, there, there, there are producers, there's, there are, you know, the director has a lot of power, uh, in Broadway and, and, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, rightfully so, I guess. 
Uh, somebody has to be in charge. But 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 all that to say, yes, I was hands on. Uh, uh, I was there, and, and uh, uh, I clawed and scratched to get as much of what I wanted as 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 I could. And uh, you know, I think we made a great show. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great show. It tells Donna's story. Uh, it it um, the audiences love it, and. Um, uh, her music gets heard and, and uh, her story gets told. And, and uh, you know, I, I couldn't be happier than, uh, you know, than, than uh, you know, that, that that is going on and then that's been accomplished. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on tour now. And in fact, it will be in Boston at some point next year. Oh, cool. Um, and and uh, um, I'm really excited for all the hometown people to, uh, get to see it and mm-hmm. parts of the family that are still there. So, so, uh, um, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, now, uh, uh now I'm, i excited to be, I'm getting ready to begin to work on the documentary and, and uh, oh, wow. that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be a whole other experience. Uh, mm-hmm. um, coming at it from a whole other different angle and, and, uh, uh, with a different, uh, uh, with a different kind of spotlight. Mm -hmm. I would assume that's going to be, um, uh, it's both obviously to tell her story. You want to do that, but I assume it's also hard then to, to revisit, you know, all the memories for the documentary. Yeah. I mean, it it is hard. It, It is hard. Um, you know, um, uh, we lived in Nashville for a long time, and, and uh, um, you know, I, I I still have the house there, and uh, um, you know, I I I don't ever think I even ever have ever spoke about this publicly, but you know, the house is basically still the way, you know, I've left that house the way it was, mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, it's been more than seven years now. And, uh, um, so, uh, uh, I think, you know, I will leave things as they are until the documentary gets done. And, you know, because, uh, I, I want to, uh, uh, be able to shoot the house and, uh, and, uh, and have a sense of discovery, uh, of things that are, are there and, and, uh, be able to expose them in, in, in that way. And, and, uh, you know, and yeah, it's hard. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's like a room you don't want to walk into. You know, so uh, but at some point you have to. So yeah, when 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 uh, you and Donna first uh, started to date, was it frowned upon to to like date someone you also work with, or was that common and no one really cared? Um. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, uh, or maybe both. I don't know. Frowned, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was, frowned, it, it was, it was frowned upon in that, you know, um, I think her record company, uh, what didn't like it and my record company didn't like it. Um, and both of them for two different reasons. Um, but in both cases it came down to, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're investing money. I think in the case of, of Donna's company, 
Um, they, their concern was uh, of losing control uh, uh, of, uh, you know, the artist and, and, and having her focus move. Uh, for my record company, they were basically saying to me, you know, Bruce, you're ruining your career because you will always be in, in the shadow of. And, and uh, it's hard enough, and now you're going to have to have, you know, you, you, you're going to have to climb out of that. And, and um, you know, in, in, in both situations, you know, you, you understand what they're saying, but the fact of the matter is, is that Donna and I loved each other, you know, and uh, we wanted to be together. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, both of us had to make sacrifices in some ways, and we were willing to do it and, and uh, never regretted making those sacrifices. And, and uh, um you know, there were, there was also the thing at that time of the interracial thing, you know, uh, you know, in, in 1977, uh, um, uh, it, it was, it was a thing, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was a thing. It's not a thing so much anymore, but in 1977, it was a thing. And there were, there was, a, there was resistance from both sides. You know, yeah. from from the black side and the white side of, of uh, you know, what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, but, you know, um, we were able to, uh, you know, we were able to be, you know, to make it work. And, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, we, we, Donna and I had many things in common. You know, uh, but there were also many things that we didn't have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so in, when we were f- starting our relationship, you know, we had uh, we were both, you know, young and on fire and career driven and, and uh, um, you know, and really liked the same kind of music and, uh, you know, creatively could really work well together. You know, but but culturally, you know, uh, you know, the Italian, you know, American guy from Brooklyn uh, and the, you know, black American girl from Boston uh, mm-hmm. had some cultural uh, adjustments to make. Um, you know, me coming from a predominantly patriarchal society or world. Uh, you know, I, I had, you know, I'm the oldest of three boys, you know, Donna, you know, was more of a, uh, of a, a matriarchal world, um, where she had, you know, five sisters and, and one brother. And, and, uh, and that's not to say that, you know, Donna's father wasn't there because he was, and he was, you know, uh, uh, an iconic figure, uh, in her life and a, and a great man, um, but you know, there there were rough edges that needed to be uh, filed down for both of us, and um, you know, fortunately, through our commitment to each other, you know, I mean, we had a mantra, and our mantra was divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. So that's not to say that you know. The, so there were times, you know, when you know we didn't always get along and always see eye to eye. We we had to figure some stuff out. But we loved each other and and uh and we worked our way through it so mm-hmm. so how, how emotional was it um 
the night when you uh, you accept her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, the the cliche but true thing to say is that it was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna had been, uh, you know, nominated uh, a couple the two years before, um, and neither time but did she get through. And and um, and then you know she passes away, and that third year she got nominated and got in. So uh, you know I, I was obviously as a family, uh, my three girls and I were overjoyed that that she is, was being recognized in this way. Um, uh, you know, because, um, you know, she was the first, you know, black woman who received the Grammy for rock and roll, you know, uh, and, and, uh, um, people didn't realize that because, you know, they would always say, oh, you know, she's the disco queen, but the truth of the matter is, is listen to any Donna Summer album and, and you have, uh, you know, Donna could sing anything, um, with integrity, you know, she, I always said she, she was a great rock and roll singer. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, uh, she could, she could sing anything, you know, she could sing anything, any genre, almost any genre with, she could sing R and B with the greatest R and B singer. She could sing rock with the greatest rock singer. She could sing pop with the best pop singer. Uh, you know, um, uh, she could sing in a light falsetto. She could belt, um, you know, uh, she was a great entertainer. She could, she would just draw you in and, uh, she was tremendously gifted. So, uh, you know, I was thrilled that, um, she got accepted. Uh, we as a family were, and, you know, it's just unfortunate that she wasn't here to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, disco there. Was it hard to deal with when like people uh, turned on disco? And now it's like that's not even really a thing anymore. But there was a point where you know people like turned on disco, like they looked down on disco. Yeah, yeah. No, they they they. Uh, uh, well, was it hard? I mean, in in some ways, I mean, the, the thing the thing for Donna was was that you know, look. You know, uh, I'm happy to be the queen of any of anything. You know, um, <laughs> right. you know, I thank you, but but um, you know, that's not all I am, and that's not all I do. And uh, I, I please don't put me in a box. Um, so in, in that way, it was difficult uh, because you know nobody wants to be in a box, and especially when you're uh, a creative person, and and uh, you know you 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 know, you want to keep moving. You don't, you don't want to keep repeating yourself. So, um, you know, and, and to Donna's credit, you know, you listen to every album, you know, you, you see change, you hear change, um, mm-hmm. whether you could dance to it or not, there, there was evolution, uh, in her music as she went forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just me personally, I, in both music and movies, I always think, a lot of people put too much emphasis on what genre something is anyway. I don't, I never understood why it really matters so much. Like if you like something, you like it doesn't like, do you like it less right. or something's considered, you know, disco right. or right. pop or, I mean, I don't really understand why people get so hung up on it. 
Yeah, I, I never do, you know, did either. And, and, you know, because the fact of the matter is just, there's good and bad in every genre of music, you know. So right. uh, uh, if it's good, it's good. And let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. So along those lines, do you ever do you ever uh, bring out the accordion? <laughs> uh, nah, honestly, oh, okay. no, honestly, no. I actually still have the accordion. I have I have the, the accordion that my grandfather brought me from Italy when I was four years old. Oh, I that's still have awesome, it. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, it is pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, no, I, I don't ever play it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, did uh, so did did you find, though, that that like you were like naturally good at all different types of it? Like, were there any instruments that you tried that you just weren't good at? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, a wind instrument uh, I could never do. I mean, I, I, I was basically good at, you know, and, and uh, you know, because I'm a songwriter, I, I don't even consider myself a good musician. Uh, you know, I can get around the guitar and I can get around the keyboard, but I'm a songwriter. So, uh, you know, I'm not a player's player. There are guys who can, you know, who are players. That's not me. Uh, um, but I can tell a story and I can sing a song and, and uh, you know, I, I can uh, take you along on that, on that ride. Uh, but I'm not going to wow you with my uh, musical virtuosity. Okay, fair enough. So if I do get if if I do get to Italy some which I I will I went to uh, England for the first time last year I just got my passport last year for the first time so if I went to Italy what would what would you recommend I get to eat what would I recommend you get to eat yes. well first of all I would recommend you go to Tus Tuscany mm -hmm. and then I think I I would uh, uh, recommend that you walk into uh, almost any restaurant that you can find and uh, ask uh, the waiter what he recommends mm. and, uh, and, and enjoy the ride. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> you know, because uh, there's uh, so much good food here. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's the dirt. I don't know what what, what the difference is. Uh, but it, you know, what, the way for me, it it just seems uh, simpler, cleaner, and tastier. That that's that's the best way I can describe it. Um, uh, but yeah, that, go to Tuscany, uh, walk into a restaurant, say, okay, what do you recommend today? What, what what's 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 your what's your favorite of the day, and uh, they'll serve you something special, and, and you'll have a little glass of wine, and uh, and you can do that three meals a day, like <laughs> except for breakfast. For breakfast, you're gonna they're gonna <laughs> give you uh, you'll have an espresso and a uh, a croissant. All right, all right, fair enough. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. So uh, with me, uh, with him, I'm sorry, with him is out. With um, him. With yeah. him is out now. That's your uh, new single, and then in uh, 2020, yeah. the EP is coming out, and you have "In the Garden of November" and "The Mountain," which uh, will be uh, tracks on that uh, EP. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in the Garden of November is actually coming out uh, in November. Okay. And, well, perfect. Uh, yeah. 
Yep, and and uh, I'm working on the video for that right now, and uh, it's it's a beautiful song uh, about reflection. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a reflection in time of you know how that feeling you get in the fall when you kind of just sit there and it's, the leaves have fallen and it, there's a chill in the air and you know mm-hmm. summer's gone, winter's coming, one year has passed, another minute, and you kind of like sit there. <clears throat> the line from the song is, uh, 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 I can't think of the, of the line of the song right now. But, it, oh, yeah, uh, memories and dreams colliding in midair. You know, so you, it's the past and the future, and you're just sitting there simmering in it, you know, digesting it uh, in this moment of fall. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The Garden it, of November. I like, I'm, well, here, I'm in New England, and, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place to be in the fall. You get all the, the leaves exactly. turning color, and it is it is exactly. pretty cold right now. <laughs> yeah. It is already, huh? Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've, okay. lost, I've lost 130 pounds since last November, and I've noticed wow. I get... I get a lot colder now since us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> since baby, you, you got to make up for those layers now. Like put them on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations, man. I guess that's a good thing because. Uh, yes, it is. Thank you. Uh, I feel okay. amazing. That, that's yeah. that's awesome, man. That that's really awesome. You know, yeah, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying earlier on a whole different level of, you know, as we live our lives, you know, we we have to refine ourselves and challenge ourselves and. And, and and keep going, you know. It, it's it's like uh, we 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 just can't become complacent with who we are and where we are, you know. It, it's a uh, it's an ongoing journey, and, and uh, you know, you keep embrace it, you know. Keep going. Congratulations, that's great, Neil. Thank you, I appreciate that. And uh, some people yeah. get annoyed at me on social media because I talk about it constantly. But uh, I take my daily walk picks, but I took completely changed my life last year and uh, I feel 100 percent better and I've reversed all I had diabetes and high blood pressure, all these things, reverse them all. And uh, everything's very good now. There you go, man. There you go. And that should be an encouragement to people. You know, you mm-hmm. should talk about it because, first of all, it's a great accomplishment. It's something for you to be proud of. And, mm-hmm. and also when you're talking about it, you're saying to these other people. I did it. You can do it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, no, it wasn't easy, but it's, it's doable, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, anyway, good for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do. I uh, really appreciate that. But yeah, the vast majority mm-hmm. of people, very positive. Uh, it's weird walking because I live in a small town. I walk around and some a car will stop and people like someone will say, Hey, how much have you lost? And I have no idea what they're talking about at first. I think maybe they thought I lost some money. And they're like, oh, no way. Right. I see you walking around town all the time. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So, But it's, uh, it's well, very cool. Well, the good cool. news is, is, is at least they still recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. 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 But you probably have to get a whole new wardrobe. Yes. I, yeah. I, well, yeah, because in February, I from, from November to February, I lost like about 60 pounds because the first like 60 yeah. was pretty quick. And then so I bought all yeah. new clothes. And then I had to buy all new clothes again in the summer. And uh, now it's, uh, yeah, I was wearing 3X pants in, uh, in November, and uh, just this weekend, I bought my first pair of medium pants, which I never thought I would, I would wear. But yeah, it's a huge, That's huge great, uh, difference. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate well, that. Yes, so, sir. 
Yeah. So where could people follow you? Uh, not like in Milan or, or in LA, but where can they follow you yeah. online just, just to see what you're up to? Yeah. All, all the obvious things, Facebook, uh-huh. uh, Instagram, uh, website, all, all of that, you know, uh, obviously, because of my age, I'm not the greatest social media maven, but uh, I'm trying and keeping up. And uh, uh, you know, certainly, if you want to see what I'm up to, uh, it's easy enough to find out. And yeah. uh, um, I look, I'm looking forward to coming to your neck of the woods uh, sometime this year. I don't exactly know uh, when, but I'm sure I'll be there. I, oh, very good. Cool. I, I played uh, <clears throat> last year, uh, last spring, I think it was. I played club. Uh, Passam in Cambridge. That, yeah, that was really great. So maybe I get to come back there again some point this year. But I'll I'll definitely holler and let you know. Very cool. That's got a lot of history there. Like you know, Bob Dylan used to play there and stuff. And uh, Cambridge is oh, yeah. a great area. Yeah. I, lo- I love to go up there. Yeah, without a doubt, great yeah. great history that place has for sure. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, all right, one, great guys. Go ahead. I would say one last question because now you you mentioned about you know not being. Uh, trying to like use social media, uh, over the, over the years and all the changes, like, you know, you go from eight track to, to records, to CDs, and now it's like digital age and stuff. Um, how do you like, uh, as an artist, as someone in, the, in music, do you have to keep up with all those changes, you know, or, or do you get left behind? Well, you know, you have, you have to, uh, look, if you want to be in the game, uh, uh you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in the game anymore of, you know, trying to have a pop hit, but I am in the game of, you know, I'm, I'm an artist and, and, uh, I create things and I, and, uh, I, I don't want them to live in a vacuum. I want people to hear them. So, um, you know, and, and so, yeah, so you have to keep up and uh, at least try to keep up and, and, uh, stay engaged. I mean, uh, otherwise, uh, why? Why do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know the the thing is is that uh, you know I've been around a long time and and I've seen lots of changes in the music business and, and uh, the one thing I know is that the music will find a way and mm-hmm. uh, you know music is a core part of people's lives and, and uh, it. it you know, it will continue to live and it will continue to have an outlet and a way to get to the people. So, uh, uh, you just have to keep up with that change. So, uh, so yeah, I'm getting better on social media all the time. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, I really, I really appreciate this and I had a great time talking with you. Same here, Neil. Thank you, man. I hope I get to meet you in person one of these days. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be there when uh, when you're in Boston, in the Boston area. They call everything Boston within like a uh, hundred yeah. miles. There, but but yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right, man. Well, Take care. I'll, you as well. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Things all tough 
What the hell you even doing here? You want me to feel sorry For what you've gone and done I'm feeling sorry for myself right now After all, I know you're hurt But hey, you ain't the only one Yes, my heart's been broken You blew up our world and I've been devastated Now we're swimming in the whirlpool of a storm And it's the one that you created It's what you made it And I don't want to let you go But I can't take you back I don't want to let you go But I know where your heart is at with him So what am I supposed to do now After 17 years All thrown out the window In a bucket full of tears You got swept up in the fever And the passion of the fire overtook you Then you fell so far away That there was nothing left for me to eat Now there's no way to And I don't want to let you go But I can't take you back I don't want to let you go, no You know where your heart is at Where your heart is at It's within It's with him.